0: This is an area code podcast. Welcome back to feel for the game, the sports podcast where we talk about our feelings. I'm Nick and I'm Noah. And this is guys, this is the last episode of the season. We're, we're gonna take a break after this. A hiatus, if you will.
1: Nick and I, it's not because of you all. We still love you.
0: It's not you, it's
1: me. It's not you, it's me. We, Nick and I just need a break from each other. Uh, I'm gonna move back in with my parents. And we just need time to think. Uh, she's confused for a number of reasons. Uh, number one being I said parents and my parents have been divorced for uh, like 19 years. So why are they living together in this hypothetical? Um, And also she doesn't understand why I have to move out of a house that you're not living in to get a break from you. But yeah, that's amazing. But anyway, yeah, we did it. Yeah. We we got, Twenty of you have listened to every episode (laughs) and this is your reward.
0: Yeah. Noah, we've gotten to know each other a little too much. So we're going to pump the brakes. Yeah. Get some space.
1: And, uh, to those of you listening, we'll we'll trade off weekends. Nick Teal will have you the first weekend. I'll have you the weekend after. You can come see both of us for Christmas. It's going to be okay. You get double the presents. That's a way to think about it.
0: See, okay, so we can laugh about this because we both come from divorced families. Uh, but this is probably triggering for somebody that's listening right now. So I think let's...
1: Okay, we'll back off.
0: Historically, on the podcast, we sort of try to talk about a specific moment in sports uh, in terms of how it made us feel, what it made us think about life, and then just sort of how we see it impact and and affect culture at large. And the last couple of episodes, we've kind of gotten away from that. We've tried to just have a little bit more fun and and just try, try things, throw things at the wall, if you will. Um, But for the last episode, we're going to get back to that, that, idea that we started with and talk about the NBA season being back on technically December eleventh. Uh preseason starts tomorrow. But the actual season, actual games are gonna um kick
1: off. The twenty second, right?
0: Twenty second of December, I think. Yeah. Couple days a couple days before Christmas. So yeah, and it's it's different this year if you're if you're a basketball fan you you know that starting the season in December is um, unusual. Uh, last time this happened was actually not too long ago. I think it was like 20, right around 2010, maybe. And it was the NBA lockout mm-hmm. forced the season to start on Christmas Day.
1: But that was different because there was the normal off season and all of that stuff.
0: Sure. Yeah, that's true. So, Yeah, this season is completely unique. COVID is continuing to just make everything weird and unusual. Uh, Basketball season got pushed until about September this year. The Lakers won the NBA Finals. And then we had, in the course of like a month and a half, we had NBA draft, NBA free agency, all kinds of craziness, a lot of player movement. Mm -hmm. And now the season's back. December 22nd so we're going to talk about how that makes us feel we're going to talk about what we think the season is going to be like with COVID and with all the stuff that has happened uh, in terms of the social justice efforts that a lot of NBA players have made um, this this past year and and yeah just kind of the impact that we think it's going to actually have on the basketball on the level of basketball in general
1: And the Lakers are going to win again, I think, based off of what they've done.
0: (laughs) They made a lot of moves, man. They're good. It's kind of scary. Let's let's
1: let's briefly talk about the actual sport. Just get it out of the way, because a lot of people who listen to this are probably more interested in the other things we have to say. But let's just run down like a couple of the big things that happened, or things that we're excited to see with this season. First thing, yeah, the Lakers won the championship and then got even better by adding. Montrezl Harrell and Dennis Schrader who were finished first and second in Sixth man of the year voting. So they're just even better. And they signed Mark Gasol, former defensive player of the year, Paul Gasol, his older brother is eyeing a comeback. That'd be wild. Get both the Gasol brothers of the Lakers again, or for the first time, but yeah,
0: that would be crazy. Also like Marcus, all you just, you just mentioned that he won defensive Player of the year. That is ironic because he actually uh stole that award from LeBron James back in 2012 when LeBron should have won it. So now they play together. We'll see how that. We'll see we'll see if LeBron is uh holding any grudges there. I
1: think LeBron'll be okay with his many championship rings. Um so is that I'm actually, I'm interested to see how the rookies do this year just because they haven't had a lot of time with their new teams. If the NFL is any indication, then the rookies are going to be fine. NFL rookies had no preseason or anything, and they're thriving.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're, so many of them are balling. Shout out to James Robinson. James Robinson, uh, ISU. Illinois State University alumni. He's having a great season in Jacksonville. Yeah.
1: Undrafted free agent running back who is currently third in the league in rushing yards. Come on. Yeah, you um
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see how guys like Lamelo Ball, whom I don't, admittedly, do not like, but I'm interested to see how he do, fares down in Charlotte. Tyrese Halliburton, he, he was probably my favorite player in this draft. Uh, Denny Avija, Pat Williams at up in Chicago. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I want to know. So Noah, there's only two of us, so we we have to be the experts on
1: different everything, things. and we're never wrong. And-
0: So you're you're the college basketball expert of the podcast. I wanna I wanna know. So like, you know, we got all these college basketball players who didn't get to play in the tournament. Like college basketball season ended in March, tournament didn't happen. They have basically been having to isolate and quarantine, but still try to get like improve their game, practice and get ready for the NBA. Uh they don't get drafted until October, uh, don't have a training camp, don't have a, a summer league that they would normally have, um, basically have a couple weeks, a week and a half to two weeks to get ready to, to play NBA basketball on these teams that they got drafted to. I want to know, like, do you expect to see the, the rookies come into the league and have Uh, success right away like we normally see like not not excessive success but you know in the way that rookies typically come in and and play well or or do you expect that um, this year in particular we're going to see a lot of college basketball players essentially like transition into the NBA and and just struggle for for the first uh, for the first season completely like I'm imagining sort of this uh, traditional success that we've seen, you know, maybe a one or two breakouts, and then some consistent rookie play, or uh, or do you think we're going to see just these guys come out and they just can't keep up at all?
1: So, so the first issue here is this is a fairly weak draft class. Like at the top of the board, like Anthony Edwards goes number one. If this were next year, because next year's draft is going to be good. If this were next year, he'd be a top ten pick. He wouldn't be number one. Um, so already, I think that I feel bad for the top of the draft because they're going to be expected to play and contribute immediately. And none of these guys, maybe some of the European players, but I think even them, none of these guys have played an organized basketball game since late February, early March. So now they're expected guys like Anthony Edwards and, uh, James Weissman hasn't played an organized basketball game since last year because he left Memphis early on in their year. And he was number two picks. And you got, yeah, like Lamella Ball down in New Zealand. Um, yeah, a, a lot of the guys taken up top are young guys who haven't played organized ball in a while. They are who are expected to contribute early on because they are the higher draft picks. I don't think we're going to see that. They're going to need time to adjust. Maybe not James Weissman just because he's going to the Warriors. Like he's already going to be able to rely on Steph and Draymond and uh, Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins. Like he he's got people around him that he can rely on, whereas I guess Anthony Edwards has D'Angelo Russell and Cap, but they're not the superstars that like Steph Curry is obviously, and they don't have and they, and they don't and they don't have the winning pedigree either. Um, Lamella Ball has got like Gordon Hayward and Devonte Graham and Terry Rozier, like he's gonna be expected to contribute. So I I think we're gonna see them struggle. I think we're going to see this is I think this is gonna be the year where we're drafting upperclassmen for the first time in like 15 years is going to prove to be hugely beneficial for teams. So like, I think of a guy like a Desmond Bain who went, I think to the Celtics late in the first round, like he's an experienced dude. Like I foresee him coming out and being able to contribute pretty early on just because he has that experience. Um, yeah. Those guys I don't think Devon Dotson out of Kansas. I mean, I love him, but I don't foresee him having a great year in hey, Chicago. Shout out, shout out
0: Chicago. Shout out Chicago. Uh, I'm rooting for him, man. I'm rooting I'm for t- him. Yeah,
1: yeah. But he's, uh, he's Desmond to...
0: Bain ended up on Memphis, by the way.
1: Memphis, okay. Uh, like I could see someone like him coming in and just being a really good 3&D type guy right away because he's, he's older. He's not expected to be a superstar. He has that experience, so I would look for guys like him. Uh, who else? There's just so many young guys that get drafted does Baines is the first one that comes to mind. But, I mean, even kind of Yudoka Azabuke, another Kansas guy that went to U- Utah, like, he knows his role is to come in for Rudy Gobert and just defend. And he's played basketball collegiately for four years. He knows his role. Like, he has that experience. He's played the big games. So, it's those type of guys I think you're going to see come in. And they're not going to do anything crazy, but they're going to hold their own. Whereas, I, I worry some of these younger guys, even like a guy I mentioned earlier, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, he left as a sophomore, so not quite as young as some of these other dudes. But like, I could see him struggling just because he hasn't had the time to adjust to the game.
0: Well, he's also in Sacramento, so that yeah. Doesn't so he's, gonna, well he's, for him. he's
1: already dead in the water.
0: <laughs> well, I, okay. I want to know. I want to know. Um, I got. I gotta. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Okay. I want to know what rookie do you think is going to have the best season? Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily the who you think is going to win Rookie of the Year, but what rookie do you think is going to have? Uh, a a really good season that that you're kind of rooting for and then i want to know what other two things that you're looking forward to just most excited about the nba season coming
1: back in general so specifically who do i think is going to be the most productive rookie if not rookie of the year and then just two other things i'm excited about yeah that's okay uh i think the most productive rookie i'm going to give three names here because i'm i'm back and forth on this myself I think I I think the Cavaliers uh, pick Isaac Okoro out of Auburn. I think he could have an interesting year. As like, I don't think he's gonna run Rookie of the Year, but I could see someone like him. I I could see him having big impact just with his athleticism and defense. Like I I I feel like he's a guy that you would watch a Cavalier game, and you're just like, oh, they're in it because of a guy like Okoro, just like producing right now, like. Maybe he's only got six points, but he's also got you know nine rebounds and three blocks or whatever. Um, I really like Killian Hayes out of Detroit.
0: Love Killian Hayes. That's and that's, that's who I was going to pick, man. The
1: fact that Detroit drafted tw- or uh, signed like twenty-seven centers in today's NBA means that he's going to be relied on to do a lot of shit. So look for him to be pretty good. And then Tyrese Halliburton, I've mentioned him multiple times now, but I I like him a lot. And then I think an under r- the radar. Oh, the Celtics did draft Desmond Bain, by the way. He was traded to the Grizzlies, so I was half right. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um two under-the-radar picks for rookies. Uh, I'm going to say. I think RJ Hampton has a chance to do something. Uh he's gonna be over there in Denver. And they'll have to do something. They need him to. And that's true. Yeah. And I'm going to go three names here, too. I think Sadiq Bey, who also ended up in Detroit, and Tyrese Maxey in Philadelphia. I think they could be kind of under the radar, guys.
0: I love how you took that question and you just gave six answers. Six dude's
1: answers. Yeah, exactly. that's how you do it when you're put on the spot. And then two things I'm excited for. I'll go quick on these ones. Kevin Durant's playing basketball again. Excited about that. And the East is just a shit show of teams all fighting to see who can lose to the Lakers in the championship and I'm excited to see who comes out of there. I don't think it'll be Miami again even though I like Miami a lot. They got the best jerseys yeah. in the league. They're Miami Vice jerseys.
0: Have you seen the the new ones? They're I actually so think good. the new ones are I, I don't like the new ones, okay. No? We,
1: we'll talk about that later. Yeah, what season 2
0: of the podcast will just be a jersey, jersey watch show.
1: Yeah. Uh what are the Bucs going to do cuz if they don't produce this year, Giannis is walking for sure. Like he's not going to stay around with the Bucks can't do anything this year. Uh Daryl Morey's in Philadelphia now. What's is he gonna get his championship in the East Conference, which he couldn't do down in Houston? Where is James Harden gonna play? Probably on the East Coast team, but we're at. So a lot of questions in the Eastern Conference, and I'm excited to see how they play out.
0: I love how many answers you gave to those <laughs> questions. Uh that's like a that's like a dad move right
1: there. I'm, an, I'm that's like uh, a politician.
0: <laughs> I so I'm gonna answer the questions myself, because okay. why not? Um I'm super excited about Killian Hayes. He is the rookie that I think is gonna have maybe not only rookie of the year but he's gonna have a. I think he's gonna have a good season i think detroit is going to put the ball in his hands more so than any other rookie will have the ball in their hands on, on whatever teams they're on you know maybe Lamelo is the. i, was gonna the say, one I think Lamelo
1: is gonna get the ball a lot yeah Did you? would you have preferred the bulls take killian hayes
0: no 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 i okay. think uh i think killian hayes I like him, but I, I think he's a good fit for Detroit because they don't have a lot of guard play, and he he's he's the type of guy that I think is going to need the ball in his hands to be able to grow into the uh, a successful NBA player. So I think it's a perfect fit for him. And I'm and I've grown in my excitement about Patrick Williams um, after hearing more about him and seeing highlights of him in college and even seeing him in NBA in Bulls training camp. I've gotten more excited about him, so I feel good about him on the Bulls. But I I love Killian Hayes. I think Derrick Rose is going to do a great job of being a mentor for Killian Hayes. Uh, So I'm excited about watching him as a rookie. Uh, Other things I'm excited about. You kind of stole my thunder a little bit. Ha, thunder. (laughs) Because I'm thinking about James Harden. Uh, James Harden is not going to play for the Houston Rockets this year. I think he's going to end up somewhere else. I don't know where else. But I am so excited to figure out where that is, because I just think it's going to be crazy to see him play alongside some other.
1: I mean, he, all he superstar. He, has he wants to be in either Philadelphia, uh, Brooklyn, Miami, or Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, and that just sounds amazing to see him. I don't know if it'll work, but it just sounds. I want to see him play on one of he's, those teams.
1: He's not going to go to Philly because Maury's already said he's not getting rid of Simmons or Embiid, and I can't imagine yeah. he's been giving up Harden for and not getting one of those two back.
0: The, the the last thing that I'm excited about or just curious about seeing is just what a full NBA season looks like with COVID and no fans still. Um I think there was talks about maybe having fans in stands similar to what NFL has done, but I don't think they're gonna start the season that way at least. Um so I'm just curious like what is it gonna look like to have a full season of of NBA games, no bubble where everybody's trying to stay healthy and just, yeah, just curious about what that looks like, how the NBA will manage that. Um, I'm hoping everything goes well because I don't want to like college basketball has been hard because all these games are getting canceled. And, you know, when, once it, once one game get, gets canceled, it's it's likely they're going to miss maybe the, the two or three after as well. Mm-hmm. And so it just sucks to uh, obviously safety and health is the most important factor, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how, how it all plays out. Yeah. Um, sure. But I'm hoping man, if, if, if there's any league that I have hope in for figuring it out, it's, it's the NBA. Um, so we'll see. Yep. Sure. Um. All right. Let's, let's talk about, okay. How you're, you're, I know you're sort of a bigger college basketball guy, but just what are your general feelings about NBA being back? How are you feeling? Tell, tell me about where you're at right now. I feel
1: great. I think I'm, I'm excited, obviously, because basketball is my favorite sport. It'll be nice to watch NBA alongside college basketball, which is back. But there is a part of me that's like, we've got – I've got college basketball. There's college football. We've got the NFL. And the NFL is nearing its playoff push. Um, so the fact that they're, like, not the first league back, I think – not necessarily dampens my excitement, but it's like – it feels more normal. Like of course they're gonna be back. They already did their bubble and every other team is like college kids are playing, therefore the NBA will be playing. Um so I'm very excited to 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 get to watch the teams again and see some of these guys on their new teams. But yeah, I, I unfortunately this is starting to feel like a new normal. And so I think I've already kind of settled into the fact that it's like okay, yeah, it's back. Of course it is.
0: Yeah, I I, I get that. And I, I'm I'm feeling pretty conflicted like I I am ex- extremely excited that the NBA is back um I'm very much looking forward to seeing a lot of guys play that I haven't watched since March um thinking about all the teams that you know didn't go into the Make bubble, the bubble right? like yeah. Steph Curry we haven't seen Steph Curry in so long haven't seen Kevin Durant in so long so many players Devontae
1: and- Graham <laughs> Devontae Graham
0: uh I actually am excited to watch the Hornets this year. Um, yeah. Believe it or not,
1: but, and the sun, but yeah, the CP3 and D book.
0: Oh, you know it, man. You know it. That's going to be two, my real two, fun.
1: perhaps my two least favorite players in the league on the same <laughs> game.
0: Hey, this is a total side note, but I just want to let you know I have committed myself. I, I'm a hundred percent still a Bulls fan. I'm not changing my fandom. I would never do that. I actually scoff at people who switch. Teams that they're fans of. You should not do that. Be loyal, commit to the team that you're committed to, and just ride it out as long as you can mm-hmm. until you die. Um, but I've decided I am going to do my darnest to follow the San Antonio Spurs this season.
1: Yes. Join and, me. I'm but I love them. Join <laughs> me.
0: And and primarily because of one guy, I want to invest in watching DeJounte Murray. Okay. I I think he's a really talented basketball player, he plays on both sides of the ball. I want to watch him grow and he plays on the Spurs and so I I got to watch that in context of the team he's on. So I'm going to yep. rock out with the Spurs this year. And Dude,
1: I you and I've talked about this a little bit that I never grew up I didn't grow up a Bulls fan, so I never have really been like I never had a NBA team that I am a fan of. Right. I tried being a a T. Wolves fan for a while because I thought I was going to just hop on the Andrew Wiggins bandwagon for a number of reasons. Mainly we're the exact same age and he went to my favorite college. Um, That didn't work out. And then he immediately left. And I wasn't about to root for a team centered around D'Angelo Russell and Karl-Anthony Towns. Should I just commit (laughs) to being a Bulls fan or should I jump on to a team?
0: Think about it. You got time. You got a week to think about it. Um, do some soul searching, figure out here's what I'm going to do
1: Ready for this. I'm going to, I'm going to have a different favorite team every year.
0: No, no, no. Did you hear what I just said about not switching? Yeah,
1: but like, <laughs> not like, I'm not going to be like an actual fan, but like, I'm just going to choose like a team in each conference every year. To, I like, that's just my team. Like I, I'm going to find reasons they're, they're probably not going to be good teams, but I want to find reasons to what, for why I should be rooting for them. Like, why do I want them to win? And then yeah. we'll just kind of go from there. I'm still gonna be like a nominal fan who watches any game that's on at any given moment. But yeah, I'm
0: not like I'm not super supportive of that. I don't love that idea, <laughs> but I get it. As somebody like yourself who grew up in a place where there wasn't a, a NBA basketball team, right? Like you grew up in
1: bumfuck Egypt.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I was trying to say Central Illinois, and I couldn't get it out. But you grew up somewhere where there's no NBA team near, and so you are a little um I guess should I just be a Hornets fan?
1: Sense.
0: I mean, that's a tough organization. It's to... an
1: awful organization. That's ca- and that's why I feel okay <laughs> jumping on them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let me let me get back. That was a side. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sidebar. Uh, let me get back to what I was saying about the season. I feel conflicted. I'm extremely excited to watch a lot of these people that I've missed playing, miss watching play the game. A lot of teams look different, and I want to see what that looks like on the court. But at the same time, I think. I'm I also have this like deep sense of wanting to watch live basketball. Like there's nothing I want more right now than just to be able to go to a basketball game and watch it live. I I don't know, man. It's like it feels so crazy every night to like turn on these college games and to know that there's no fans in this in these stadiums. It, it sort of takes a it takes something out of the game a little bit, sure. And they've done they've done all these things with pumping in fake noise and all this stuff to try to make it feel normal, but it, it's not normal. And it there's there's some part of that that makes that makes the experience a little less um, enjoyable, or there's something that's just off about that. And i I think the part of me that's conflicted is like I have this this level of excitement that. I haven't had it for basketball in uh, maybe over a year since last season started. But the difference is I I could have gone to a game last year and I could have sort of satiated that, that desire of like being excited about the season by mm-hmm. attending a game or attending multiple games, right? But like this year it's like I am locked into just watching this stuff primarily at home by myself because yeah. I can't go – to a bar and watch it with friends or a restaurant or whatever. And I can't go to an actual game. So I'm, I'm just like at home watching basketball with no one to talk to about it. No one to interact about it. And like, that's half the fun of of being a fan is, is being able to talk about it and celebrate. And you,
1: you and I simulate that by texting each other, but that only goes so far.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. So, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I, I just miss being able to sit down with friends and actually watch the game and talk about yep. it as it's happening. I miss being able to actually go to a game and see real live humans running yep. up and down the court.
1: And here's, and here's what we're trying to say here, if you're listening. Wear your fucking mask, social distance, and then we'll get these things back. And then Nick T and I are going to go to a Chicago Bulls game and then do an episode on it. All right, so wear a fucking mask, social distance. When the vaccine comes out, get that shit. Don't be an anti-vaxxer. Let's go.
0: They say, though, unless you have allergies, maybe hold off, because apparently people with allergies have terrible reactions to it, which is kind of scary. Let's
1: Uh, just get over the damn threshold. There's like 50% of Americans are saying they aren't going to get this shit. Knock it off, stop being selfish. Get the fucking That feels about
0: right. I mean, that feels about right. If we look at our... uh, Never mind. I won't go there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, this is a perfect time to transition into the, <laughs> the culture. Uh, how how the NBA being back affects uh, culture at large.
1: I think what you were just talking about is part of it. Uh, it's gonna be weird not watching it with people like we're used to, but that goes for the NFL and college sports as well yeah how it affects culture at large i don't know if it does i think it just really affects basketball fans um maybe it affects culture at large in terms of i i I, it could be culturally relevant at large in the sense that we're playing during a pandemic and a lot of people who are refusing the results of the election are gonna complain that they're able to play sports but they're not allowed to say merry christmas and dumb shit like that
0: yeah, I think definitely the the whole COVID element is going to be at play. We're going to like that that's inevitably going to bump up against mm-hmm. NBA basketball, right? Like there's going to be players that test positive. There's going to be um games that get canceled, things like that. Um that's certainly at play. I think I I think beyond that, I think it'll be interesting, you know, we we talked on the podcast previously about social justice and NBA players, WNBA players, making different statements, um, handling interviews differently, um, Mm -hmm. um, performing different type of protests. I think it'll be interesting to see how and if that continues to be a part of uh, NBA basketball. Um, You know, the reality, I've talked a lot, about this with my wife because I don't have anyone else to talk to. That's the only person I live with, and
1: you only so you when, only talk to your wife whenever you have another other options. That's good to hear.
0: <laughs> uh, gonna move on from that. I've been we've been talking a lot about you know there's all these commercials and all these brands and businesses that are making these social justice statements and and trying to be allies and and trying to make activism a part of what they do and that's great right that's an amazing goal to to strive for but i i think the question is what does that look like when it's not popular anymore what does that look like when it's not front page news anymore yeah um what does that look like when there's not a a video of of some black person getting wrongfully murdered well i guess i shouldn't say wrongfully murdered there's never a good reason to get murdered uh, that was a weird way of saying that <laughs> what, what does it look like when there's another person that is being mistreated right like yeah what, what does it look like when that isn't happening is, is what I'm trying to say like so I think I'm curious as to how the NBA will handle social justice activism uh, things like that How how will the players approach it now that it's not as as uh in the spotlight as much it's still a reality that we're all living with mm-hmm. but it's not uh as much in the spotlight as it was this summer and so i'm curious to see what that looks like do players continue to um try to make statements do they continue to handle interviews a certain way uh or or will things kind of go back to um business as usual if you will
1: yeah i, ho- I hope I'm,
0: i hope they don't but it, it's just something to,
1: to be I'm mindful gonna... of. I'm gonna say a cynical thing and then make a joke to get us to lighten it a little bit, and then we can jump on to how this affects us personally. The cynical thing is uh we we live in a in America, and so that's it's gonna happen again like there there is going to be an opportunity for the n b a and the players this year to do what they did during the bubble because we live in a country where that's almost inevitable, like the systems that we have in place like at, at some point during this basketball season, there's going to be some sort of injustice happening, most likely to a black man or a black woman, that the NBA will have to will not have the opportunity to will have to protest against. Like they're going, like there's no other option for them. So that's the cynical side. The 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 joke I was going to make is the only rightful murder I've ever seen is uh, when Pusha T dropped the story of a deed on on Drake. That was a rightful murder. Oh, I like he that. Was, that's he good. was corrected doing that. That's good. <laughs> so, that's good.
0: It's a metaphorical murder, so it's okay to laugh yes, at if you're not yeah. familiar with the reference.
1: Yeah, get off me, you PC thought police. <laughs> I you're love not gonna that. cancel me for what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> I think you're right though about uh what you said, uh state of our country and, and all of that. Um I think yeah, just again, like my i my curiosity is what does it look like when that when when those things aren't happening? Yeah um they they're always happening when they when they aren't public right? right like what does it look like when they aren't being publicly dispersed among mm-hmm. millions of people via instagram and twitter like do do players continue to stand for all of these things does the nba continue to support their players when it's just a random tuesday and nothing's going like none of those things have happened publicly and lebron james decides to talk about how he still experiences racism on a yeah. random Tuesday, right? Like, does that still happen is sort of my curiosity. But for sure. Um, okay.
1: How does the how does the NBA coming back affect you, Nick, personally?
0: I think we talked about it a little bit already. I think it's just it 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 gives me something to look forward to. It sounds really sad. It's not, I promise. But it gives me something to look forward to on a consistent basis. Um, you know, when basketball is gone, you have football as a sports fan, you have baseball. Um, but baseball is not nearly not as fun to watch on TV and football happens, you know, once a week for the most part.
1: Yeah. Like we're going to have games every night.
0: Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's something to to be excited about. You have all these, uh, matchups that are going to be really fun to see all these new teams um that have formed over the off season. Uh so I think at the at the base floor it gives me something to look forward to every day. Uh at the end of the day when I just want to relax and have some time myself, I can turn on a game and just kinda chill. Um but I think I think there's also this other layer that like we talked about earlier. There's there's still gonna be something that is missing. I I'm happy that basketball is back, but I'm going to watch it and inevitably feel like, man, it would be fun to like watch this with some friends right now. Yeah. Um, or inevitably feel like, man, it'd be fun to like take my two boys to a basketball game, you know, down the street at ISU uh, and watch yeah. them, watch them compete. Uh, there, there's that reality of just um, missing the social aspect of, of sports. You know, we, we Part of part of why sports are so important for so many people is that they connect you, right? Like, in a lot of ways, whether you're playing sports growing up or you, you watch them, you're not doing it alone. We We are right now because we have to. But, you know, historically, sports have been something that have brought people together and have connected them, given them things to bond over, given them things to celebrate over, to cry over um you know to cathart over like it's that's what sports at the end of the day like that's the sort of power that they have mm-hmm. and with COVID being what it is like we've lost that um for the time being not not yeah. forever hopefully but for the time being
1: yeah i i don't really know if i have much to add to that because kind of where i'm at uh again as more of a college basketball fan this the nba coming back wasn't as or isn't as huge to me as it was whenever I finally got college basketball back but I can kind of connect the dots here a little bit because like the other night I was watching well the other afternoon rather I was watching like Kansas versus Creighton in Allen Fieldhouse and there was only like a thousand fans or something and this is a top 10 matchup that KU ended up winning by one and the entire time I'm sitting there I'm thinking man what if this what if the full 16,300 people were sitting in this crowd right now how different would this game look if it's the exact same game that plays out how much better of a moment is it when we hit that three with 40 seconds to go like that pop or whenever he missed the guy for uh Creighton misses his free throw at the end of the game to seal the deal like how much better is that moment whenever I can hear the crowd's reaction and then the next game is North Carolina at Iowa and like Iowa's not always very good at basketball and they have a phenomenal team this year like mm-hmm. how crazy would that atmosphere have been with North Carolina, one of the best programs of all time, if their yeah. team, like if their fans were there and they, they come out of the gate hitting like five threes in a row, like that place is yeah. bonkers. I uh, mean, even the Illinois Duke uh, the Illinois game Duke last game, night, the right? Michigan State Duke game, like all, all of these deals, like, man, if, if the fans could be there, how much better would this moment be? And that's been to some extent true in the NFL. Um, and I think we're going to feel more so maybe in the NBA I hope they don't pipe in noise. I don't like when they pipe in noise. Uh, But yeah, like the the first game winner that we see or the first like little scrum that breaks out between teams or whatever, like Mm -hmm. how quickly after enjoying that moment or pondering that moment or whatever, am I going to go, man, imagine the pop, to use that wrestling term I brought up the other week. Like imagine (laughs) that pop that would have happened if there were fans here or the hush, like the stunned silence if it's an away game. Like the stunned silence, like, imagine Steph Curry's deep three against Oklahoma City. Like, that's huge for a number of reasons. And part of them is you just feel the the energy get sucked out of the building as soon as he makes it. Or think of, sorry, OKC, okay, but, like, Damian Millard's shot over Paul George in the playoffs. Like, that is so – it would have been great regardless. Like, all of the buzzer beaters that happened in the bubble were great. But, like, if Portland fans aren't there to, like, rush at him essentially – after he does that, like, yeah. So it's gonna be great. I'm excited to it, but personally, I am upset or not upset, but like sad that we don't get to witness these events with fans the way that God intended. The way that God intended.
0: <laughs> Love that. I forgot to mention one thing I'm excited about for the NBA season. I, I just can't wait until Damian Lillard
1: Pulls walks up, up from the half basketball court.
0: court and just shoots a half court like he's. Okay.
1: I'm excited it for because it he he shoots from the logo occasionally. He's gonna pull up from behind the line, like he's not even gonna cross the eight second line, and he's gonna pull the trigger. And I'm fucking so excited. And
0: it's gonna go in. And I just I don't understand how basketball goes on after that. Like the game is if that if that is a reality, if that becomes if that shot becomes a actual reality, basketball is broken. You have like defenses have to learn how to respond to that and like what do you do every
1: time and that has to be a four-point shot
0: yeah it's so i'm i'm very excited you know last year before the season start james harden there was footage of james harden doing this really interesting like uh two-step gather move and he did it a couple times throughout the season didn't really make it a lot like he missed it quite a bit and he stopped doing it but i sincerely believe that damian lillard is capable and will come out and shoot the ball from the half court line.
1: That might be his first shot of the year just to <laughs> show you that he can do it. Yeah,
0: no because they're going to they're
1: going to win the tip and he's just going to pull the, like wherever he catches the ball off the tip off, he's just going to launch it.
0: Yeah, it's insane. So I'm I'm excited for the first night that we see a Damian Lillard I, half court a, three. Here's a
1: personal thing. I wish I was as confident at anything. I wish I was half as confident as anything in my life as Damian Lillard is when he's shooting a basketball. <laughs>
0: Max. all right man i think that's that brings us to the end of our episode and the end of feel for the game season one
1: here right here you let's need- cue let's let's cue the sound effect from old sitcoms of people being upset like in the audience let's let that breathe for a second so you can cue that in all right great uh yeah last episode of the season uh we'll still be on social media, Instagram and Twitter. You can you can send stuff our way if you want. You don't have to, but if you want to, we'll engage with you there. Any any last any
0: last words? I I, I don't wanna uh be too sentimental, but but let's let's maybe leave with a little bit of sentiment of, of season one.
1: Well here's the thing. If you listen to every episode of this season Nick, I'm gonna let you have last word because you're gonna be a lot better at this because I'm not a sentimental person. If that's been clear to everyone listening, but the one thing I can say that would sum up my time on this podcast this season would be, um, fuck Donald Trump.
0: That's that's apropos.
1: Yeah, that's. I'm just gonna leave it on. That. That's 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 what I want people to remember from this season of Feel for the Game is sports arm. Here's I'll I'll do like a little three pointer. Sports are valid and important; they lead to very important emotions and are culturally important and lead us to have uh important familial memories and relational memories and whatnot but most importantly, fuck Donald Trump
0: I love it that's very on brand for you a little a little sweetness uh with with a a hard sour turn there i'm like a
1: sour patch kid i'm like a frozen sour patch kid all right now you you bring us home with the actual kindness and sentimentality make me cry nick
0: yeah that's a lot of pressure um i've been known my, my sports career has proven that i don't perform well under pressure um so this is gonna flop pretty hard but i think yeah i mean season one was fun i think we got to talk a lot I think we got to talk about a lot of uh necessary things, had some good conversations of about how sports interact with culture, how sports interact with, with us as humans and how it serves to connect connect us to other people, to family members, um, even to enemies in some ways. And uh yeah, I, I'm I've been enjoying this and we're gonna we're gonna hit the hit the whiteboard and figure out season two here, I guess. So until yep. then.
1: So stick with us. We'll see you whenever
0: that comes out. I I want to say it's going to I want to say it's going to drop whenever we get to go to a live game
1: together. But that could, oh, be, but like that could be next year or that
0: could be yeah. 4 years from now,
1: so. But until then, whenever that is, until then. Make sure you're yeah. drinking water. That's what I want to leave you with. Drink some water after you listen to this. And as for me and my household, I'm going to go take a shit. Goodbye everybody. I love you.
0: Peace.